0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. DrivenToSaveLives.org is their website. So Saturday night means football. A lot of football, a lot of college football. Some really good games, interesting games. We'll talk some high school football with Paul Condry looking at last night. And then we'll talk about the Colts in their matchup with Tennessee. Right now, though, the guy's got all the info. Star of the show, Sam Fritz.
1: Coach, so nice to be with you. A beautiful night, as a matter of fact. Good to see the warmth returning to Indianapolis. I don't know about you, but I'm getting over a bit of a cold, so it's good to feel warm here in the studio. I got football scores for you. Let's start with schools all around Indiana. Defiance from Ohio, Defiance University came in and beat Anderson 32 to 22. Eastern Michigan comes in and defeats Ball State by 4, 20 to 16. Butler wins a homecoming game over Marist 31 to 10. DePaul beating Wesleyan Ohio Wesleyan by 1, 22 to 21. Rose Holman, the Fighting Engineers, my favorite team name. They blank Franklin 49 to nothing. Mount St. Joseph Spoils Hanover's day, 44-29. Rutgers beats Indiana. Indiana pretty much looking out of bowl contention at this point. Sad day for the Hoosiers. The Illinois State beats Indiana State, 27-21. Bluffton by two over Manchester, 46-44. Marion defeats Concordia, another homecoming game there, 24-7. Notre Dame beats UNLV, 44-21. Decisive victory on their part. Wisconsin maintains the winning streak. The Badgers, 35 35- to Purdue's 24. Boilermakers have dropped 14 in a row against Wisconsin when they're at their stadium. Indiana Wesleyan, blank St. Francis, 44-0. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Sam Fritz. Welcome
0: back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. You know it's going to be a great show if you lead off with Greg Rakestrow, the IFC Network. Every other possible outlet that's out there, state championships, over 200 state championship games with the IHSAA Champions Network, part of the Colts Radio Network, and my broadcast partner on IUPUI Men's Basketball Games. Hello, Greg. How are you tonight?
2: I'm doing great, my friend. How
0: are you? You know what? I am uh, I'm good. I'm excited. Uh, it's a busy week. It's a, you know we have football. We have you know sectionals last night. Colts have a huge game tomorrow. Uh, some interesting college games. Uh, you know, when you're my age, as you know, I'm just excited to be able to be on the air any night I can. And so, yeah, what, what better way to spend the night than talk to you and have a little bit of fun. Now, are we talking soccer
2: tonight? Did we have some Indy 11? No, unfortunately, our season's been over for 10 days, buddy. We are in, uh, we are in oh, our season that's mode. Right. Because that's because right. That's right. Because I've got a free night from the Indy 11, it means I get to go home. I get to go to the University of Indianapolis and broadcast another Greyhound football win. This one was not without some drama. Greyhounds beat Quincy fifty-two thirty-eight. 38 led 42-10 at halftime. This got back to Yikes. 45-38, and Quincy had the football inside of the UND 20-yard line. with uh-huh. Around six minutes left to go. But a Mike Brown interception, his second of the game, the former North Central Panther. He actually took it all the way back for a touchdown, but it was called back because of a block in the back penalty, which was the right call, pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. Brought the ball back to midfield. Uendy would then score. Backup running back Jaquan Buchanan would get his. Fourth touchdown of the night, three rushing and one in the air. He was filling in for Toriano Clinton, the school's all-time leading rusher and school's all-time leader in touchdowns. Mm. Had the night off with a foot injury. Uh, I think he'll be back sooner rather than later, but uh, it was the understudy who had the big night tonight for u offensively. And the Greyhounds survived number 20 team in Division II after seeing a five-game winning streak snap to start the season and an on-conference loss at Saginaw Valley last week. Hounds back bounce back, and they are tied atop the GLVC at three and zero with Truman State.
0: See, I was going to say this is a huge game because the of the implications for postseason. And what's gratifying is you win without Toriano Clinton. I mean, uh, exactly. Mister Everything, and uh, that that's an impressive win for the
2: Hounds. It is, and again, it's important to point out that last week's loss, it was a non-conference game, uh, so you, Indy, and Truman are both now at 3-0 and in GLVC play. Just six league games this year because of Lyndon Wood's departure to go play in the Ohio Valley Conference. The so seven teams that play football in the GLVC, so the Hounds are halfway through, and wouldn't you know, you, Indian, Truman play each other the last day of the season. And that game is at that <laughs> stadium on November the 12th. And so that is likely a conference championship game. Uh, we'll have that one on the ISC. Well, another football game that day, a rather famous football game around these parts, the Monon Bell Classic. Uh, but the other part that you alluded right. to with playoffs, we'll start to know more about that picture as of this week because it's all about the regional rankings in Division II. UIndy is part of a right. group called Super Region Three. There are four different regions across the country. For UND, it's, it's leagues like the GLIAC, um, the MIAA, the Rocky Mountain Conference. Uh, it's some great football mm. league. Basically, kind of mm-hmm. giving UND the Truman's record. There's a chance that both of them could make it. We'll have a better picture of that. They're both 6-1. and one. We'll have a better picture of that this week. If they're both in the top seven at the end of the season, they'll both make the playoffs. But it could easily come down to one knocking the other out at T Stadium three weeks from now. Of course, for that means you've got to take care of business the next two weeks at home against Missouri S&T in seven days and on the road at William Jewell the following Saturday, November the 5th.
0: It's been an outstanding year, though. I mean, this is a team, you know, in flux, you know, new faces, um, uh, those kinds of situations. But I think they've handled this all very, very well.
2: Yeah, Chris Keepers in his fourth year now as the head coach of the UND football program, but it's year number 29 that he has been on campus after serving as an assistant for the entirety of Joe Palizzi's days and Bob Barlamayo's days as the head coach as well. Your reference to Aaron Clinton being out, or also without their starting quarterback, and that's for the rest of the year. Connor Canette won the job, wow. was great the first five weeks, suffered a foot injury against McKendree two weeks ago. Christian Conkling comes in. He's a fourth-year kid in the program from Pendleton Heights. He was 13 of 15 in the first half with a couple of touchdown passes and uh, led enough drives to win the game in the second half. Good to see a program kid like him flourish in the opportunity he's getting late in his UND career.
0: You okay to hang on and talk a little Colts football after after this short break? Absolutely. We'll come back with Greg Rakestraw on Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Greg Rakestraw rejoins us. One of his many duties is being part of the Colts radio network. He did the uh, preseason TV work, uh, was the lead announcer there. So when you listen to the game, you want the Colts call-in show post-game. he's your guy. All right, Greg, rematch with Tennessee. Uh, About to finish up that stretch of the season where they're playing primarily divisional opponents. A very impressive win last week. Different kind of uh, offensive approach, minus um, their do-everything running back. And so, went a little hurry up, went a little uh, patting. You know, Matt Ryan's shoulder had to be a little bit sore with the number of passes he was throwing. So this shapes up to be, number one, an important game for the obvious reasons. And number two, an intriguing matchup because it's amazing what one win will do for the psyche of an entire city uh, relative to what
2: the Colts did last week. Well, it's the first time they're above 500 uh, now this season. And if they win tomorrow, it'll be the first time that they have been in first place in the AFC South. In remarkably three calendar years, you got to go back to Week Eight of the 2019 season—the mm-hmm. last time the Colts were in first place—and part of that is that even though they were an 11-win team two years ago, you know Tennessee was the number one seed and and got off to a great start, uh, and so they were kind of chasing the Titans virtually. All season long, a couple of years ago, um, and I think the question mark we all have it's not going to be, hey, listen, the Colts aren't going to throw the football 58 times tomorrow. They're not going to match that, right? But what pieces of the offense do you take from not having Jonathan Taylor? Now that you're about to get him back in the lineup, and I think that you know finding that blend, you know, I want to see the running game be more productive than it was last week but I don't want to see the Colts junk the no huddle, and I, and I want to see the Colts continue to throw the ball mm-hmm. because now the questions we had about wide receiver have seemingly been answered. To me, there wasn't a question about Michael Pittman Jr. going into the year, and, and he has certainly no. proven that. No, But Alec Pierce has been really good now for four weeks in a row. Paris Campbell has been healthy for the first six weeks, and, and he has been a solid number three. And you're seeing now consistent contributions – from both Kylan Granson and Jelani Woods. So, you know, I, I like what they have now got at the wide receiver position and tight end position. So you add a Jonathan Taylor, let's see if it's the mix of, of the best of both worlds, and let's see if the Colts can put back together, can put back to back consecutive good offensive performances for the first time this year
0: well you alluded to it how important the running game is i think the running game is is one of the most important factors in this entire ball game you got to stop tennessee you got to stop derrick henry and you got to be able to you know do some things and not have to rely so much on the pass
2: And i do think the colts you know stopping derrick henry is not easy I do think they can slow him down. And I know that the Tennessee, when they got together three weeks ago, put up 24 points in the first half. I know they put up a goose egg in the second half. Um, and I know that Shaq Turner right. will not be out there, but I like so much what I have seen from Zaire Franklin and Bobby O'Carake, not to mention how well Grover Stewart continues to play up front alongside a DeForest Buckner that's continuing to get healthy. I think the pieces are in place for the Colts to go to win tomorrow. I really do. All right,
0: so remind me, we're working soon, are we not, on some basketball?
2: Well, we have the Bob Lovell Bowl coming up on November the 19th with IUPUI (laughs) and Franklin Cowell. um, It's an exhibition game. And the the last time they may have played each other, I'll have to go back and check to see if there's been an exhibition game between the two. If not, I was at the last IUPUI-Franklin game which would have been the Peach Basket Classic of November of 1994, the final year of that event at Nickerson Hall. You and I will have that game on November the 19th on ESPN Plus from the Indiana Farmers Coliseum.
0: If I remember, we won that game,
2: did we not? Well, it, the thing is, Bobby, it wasn't. You know, you were we in the alumni sense at that time. That was that was after you know <laughs> your last year. <laughs> right. Well, we won more. We won
0: uh, more than one of those Peach Basket Classics. Thanks for doing this. Have fun tomorrow. I'll track you down next week. Thanks so much, Thanks. Greg Regstrong. Right, Coming up, scoreboard update with Sam Fritz. This is Indiana Sports Talk.
1: All right, we've got a couple more scores to finish up from around, from universities around the state of Indiana. Then we'll move on to some games that are currently in action. I believe I left off with Indiana Wesleyan, who blanked Saint Francis forty-four to nothing. Taylor University beat Madonna University fifty-two to twenty-three. University of Indianapolis beat Quincy, as you just heard Coach and Greg Rastraw talk about in a game that was decisive at halftime and was close at the very end. But 52-38, to 38, the Greyhounds tack on another win and advance to 6-1 and one on the season. Valparaiso, 40. Moorhead State, 35. And Wabash, with 66 points, defeating Oberlin with their 20. Now, big universities, D1 going on across the nation today. Alabama is on a warpath following their loss last week. They have 24. And Mississippi State, well, they're there, but they have nothing. Boise State 19, Air Force with 7, that game in the fourth quarter, 11 minutes remaining. Penn State is going crazy in the second quarter, 17 points to Minnesota's 10, that game about to enter the second half. Texas A&M currently has the ball, they're trailing by 3 to South Carolina, 17-14 in that game. UCF down by 14 to East Carolina, 24-10 that game in the third quarter, 6 minutes remaining there. Kansas State 28, TCU 17, an upset in the books there if that maintains past halftime. Finally, we've got Oregon State, the Beavers, beating the Colorado Buffaloes 21-3. That game also in halftime. More scores coming up for Network Indiana Sports. I'm Sam Fritz.
0: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for joining us last night, first night of the sectionals. It was fun. So make sure you join us Friday night for the uh, semifinals. That'll be a lot of fun. Star of our show tonight, Sam Fritz on the scoreboard update desk. Sam, how are you tonight?
1: I'm doing fantastic, Coach. How are you doing?
0: Ah, great now that you and... Kai Talley, you're working, uh, working the show. I got the A-team in tonight, brought in the heavy artillery for this show, and then I'm thankful for that. Give me the rundown on Purdue. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a tough one today with Wisconsin, was it not?
1: It was a tough one only because it makes their chances of winning the Big Ten Eastern Conference that much harder. I think yeah. a lot of fans that if there was, thought that if there was any year you're going to break a 16-year losing streak uh, when you're at the Badger Stadium – uh, mm-hmm. they thought this was the year and unfortunately it did not occur
0: i agree with people i thought they had a great chance to win this so what was the uh, what was the difference in this game what what made uh, wisconsin so hard to beat
1: you know I, I it seems so cliche but i really do think especially in college home field advantage is such a big deal um, uh-huh. i can, you can't really point out any major difference in Purdue's game to Wisconsin's obviously defense was lacking just due to the amount of points that Wisconsin scored but man if there's any time when home field advantage makes a difference it's college football and I think it showed with Wisconsin today
0: well I can guarantee you that in college basketball (laughs) home court advantage is absolutely real Uh, the stats are overwhelming quite frankly so uh, not a good day for our um, uh, Notre Dame with a win, obviously, but um, IU uh, a dismal, dismal performance on the road at Rutgers today. That one was w- that was painful, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, uh, that one I think it it really was painful because it started off so great. I mean, uh, uh I believe yeah. it was a ninety six oh, yeah. yard kickoff return for a touchdown, and then immediately after they also tacked on another tur- touchdown, fourteen nothing start, but. Uh, It was one of those games where the wind was taken out of the Hoosier sails in the fourth quarter with penalties and just with some bad plays, and there was no hanging on to that lead.
0: You know what? I'm a basketball coach by training, and I can tell you that turnovers, think of the sport. Sam, just pick the sport. Baseball, you have to handle routine plays. If you make errors, you lose. Basketball, you have to take care of the basketball. Football, can't. You can't lose the uh, giveaway-takeaway game. And when you do, you know, add in those penalties, you're not going to win. And it was um, – that's just hard. Get, you know, 23 in a row uh, by Rutgers, a, a team that hasn't won a big – has not beaten IU in I, – I, I, I forget how many years. A long, long time. So this was just um, – really deflating that's a great word to use and also one that um just has you scratching your head trying to figure out what did they do uh you know what i mean it's just um the the statistically and otherwise rutgers uh is not a very good football team and they dominated you they completely dominated you in the second
1: half i i think what you said there is kind of the rest of this season for the hoosiers what do you do you know uh You went to Rutgers and I thought this was your make or break game. This was what you had to win in order to even be relevant in Bull Talk discussions for the rest of the season. And so now, you know, you've got fans who are frustrated with coaching, players who are probably frustrated with their situation. At this point, if you're a Hoosier, both as in an Indiana State resident or if you go to Indiana University, I think the main thought across anybody's head right now is what do you do?
0: Well, you got to understand fans are always frustrated with coaches no matter how many they win. I mean, you look at the best example of that, Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. All the guy did was win more games than anybody else at Notre Dame. And with the fans, that didn't matter. They didn't like him. They, they, they were not heartbroken or upset that he left. And his guys go out there today and have a great performance against uh, Ole Miss. That was that was fun to watch. But, uh so Ball State, Indiana State, I'm looking, I'm looking for some uh, some help here at the D1 level. Butler with a great win, uh, you mentioned that, but uh, Ball State had been playing well. Indiana State, close but just uh, a tough one. Illinois State's good. Uh, I was uh, hurt by my Franklin College uh, Grizzlies losing uh, to Rose, not scoring a point, and then Hanover losing to MSJ. So you you know, Rose and MSJ are still undefeated in HCAC play. So that's um, that's an that's that's a is a big day today, a consequential day, quite frankly, in the HCAC.
1: I think uh, the big help that you're going to be getting, Coach, is you've got Ball State, Indiana, and Purdue all with a week nine buy. Uh, Indiana certainly going to need it if they want to take on Penn State. They'll be in Pennsylvania for that one. Uh, and then Purdue will be at home against Iowa, which is a game that hopefully, given the way these two teams have played this season, the Boilermakers can get back on track at home in West Lafayette.
0: So, what am I going to talk about next week?
1: Well, you know, I mean, the Pacers are in season, and at the very least, you well, got a reason true. to be excited today. So, what's up with yeah? You know, what's up with the Pacers tonight? Pacers get their first win of the season, one twenty-four to one fifteen. I'm definitely going to be diving into that in the five minute breakdown or the five minute okay. sports update. Uh, But let me tell you, standout performer, Goga Batadze, career high in rebounds, 15, puts on a double-double with 14 points to accompany that as well.
0: Jeremiah Johnson from Valley Sports will be with us in the 11 o'clock hour, and uh, we'll talk about uh, this win uh, with him later on tonight. So when do they play again? They had had back-to-back last night tonight, uh, I'm, I'm assuming take a little time. When do they play again?
1: They're off tomorrow, and then they will be in Philadelphia against the 76ers on Monday, the 24th, in a game that I'm sure most Pacer fans are uh, dreading, knowing the Philadelphia lineup this year. That's a good point. Sam Fritz, every 15 minutes, he's
0: coming up uh, top of the hour scoreboard with a whole lot of scores, a whole lot of stuff. Sam, I'm glad you're here. Thanks so much for your time. Coming up, as we mentioned, we have a lot coming up this evening. We're going to talk uh, IU and uh, Purdue football. We'll talk about Notre Dame. So John Herrick from the IU Network will join us. Lynn Clark from Irish Illustrated will join us and talk about the Irish. As I mentioned, we'll also uh, spend some time with uh, Jeremiah Johnson and the Pacers. Brendan King, you know, our good friend BK will join us and talk some Colts football. A lot going on tonight, plus Paul Condry and I'll Recap last night's action in high school football. That's all coming up tonight on Indiana Sports Talk.